When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, friends. It's Vin Scully. It's time for Dr. Clapper. In sports, there's winning and losing and getting injured. That's why there's Dr. Clapper. Dr. Clapper is the former head of orthopedic surgery at Cedar sinai The Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper, presented by Cedar sinai Hey, Dr. Clapper. How are you? Saturday mornings from 7 to 9. Silence is golden when you can't think of a good answer. <laughs> yes, Doc, I love your show. Now, here he is, Dr. Robert Clapper. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. So excited to be with you each and every Saturday. 12 years, I'm a busy orthopedic surgeon during a week, seeing patients and doing surgery. Giving a shout-out to Verjean, who went to the Rams game last night and had a great time, but he was helping me all week in surgery, and I'm so glad he was able to go to the Rams game. So thanks for everything, Verjean. When I'm up in Ventura, I like to ride my bike, and I ride it a lot. Got to burn off some of the calories that I get from eating all the donuts at Good Time Donuts. But one of the places I love to ride by is the sailing school. It's right there in the harbor. And at 8.15, we're going to learn all about it from Tyler Young. And when I knew he was going to be my guest this Saturday, and a big thank you to Rebecca Ellis for setting it up, I started to think, hmm, sailing, capturing the wind, it's invisible. And I have been in a few sailboats, and I particularly love the little ones, the sabots, the sunfish, the Hobie cats. Because what you do is you start to actually have a conversation with Mother Nature. You just move the sail a few inches And it's the difference between the sail making noise, it'll flap, to all of a sudden stop flapping and completely be taut as it is now firm with the air. And look out, you'll feel that that boat move pretty quickly. To the point that sometimes they say you have to let out the sails. You have to actually not capture all of it because it's too much, you'll tip over. So you start to learn how to have this partnership with something invisible. And it made me think all week, boy, there is some kind of message there. The power in manipulating the wind, that's invisible. Since I love the world of art, I love the world of sports, and I love my world of surgery, that conversation of some, with something invisible has to be happening in those worlds as well. But where? There are a lot of singers. We play a lot of music on this show over the 12 years. I listen to music in the operating room. I love music. 
But there is only one singer in my lifetime that could capture the wind, let it out, and pull it taut, just like a sailor. She used her vocal cords just like a sail to capture the wind, to go fast or to go slow. And in her case, to go high with the notes or low. But there's something else Ella Fitzgerald could do with her voice that other singers cannot do. And that is to incorporate her nose. Humming. Go ahead and try to hum right now. And now pinch your nose. You can't hum and pinch your nose. We know what it's like. Right now I'm talking to you on a microphone because that air coming out of my lungs is going past my vocal cords coming out of my mouth. I'm not humming. Speech is through the mouth. Breath is through the nose. But humming actually is manipulating the air to come through your nose. Who knew that Ella Fitzgerald incorporating that humming part of the song would actually move the microphone because she knew this to capture the hum because the microphone is now in front of the nose. So in 1968, black and white video, you can watch it on YouTube, Ella Fitzgerald goes to Germany. She's in Berlin. And her concert, she opens with the song Summertime. Summertime mm. And the living is easy Listen to the hum that comes after the pronunciation of the word Fish are jumping And what I love about this is I'm, I'm on a radio show And I'm and trying to paint the picture for you is but you can hear what I'm talking about because you can hear that hum. Well, something special is happening when she does that. This is such a dynamic performance, taking you from those extreme lows to the extreme highs. And when I'm talking about dynamics, I'm talking about that volume, the, the change in her voice where she can just lean into her sound if she wants to, but then also hit you with these really delicate notes that she's holding for extended periods of time and applying this really even vibrato, which is really wide as well. This is Phil. He's a musicologist from Britain, and I just love his analysis of music. I've just taken it back a little bit to point out this mic position that we've got going on, because you'll notice how Ella's holding the mic really high up in front of her nose. And this is totally intentional by Ella. She's controlling the performance from a dynamic perspective, but also getting the mic to where the sound is coming from. If we listen to the first line of the song, we've got Summertime, and she starts out with an even sound distributed between the nose and the mouth. So we have this, mm, Summertime. Incredible. And we start like that in the mouth. Time. And as soon as we go to the M, we are now in a hum, which comes out of your nose. So 
I've said this before in many videos, just hum and then close your nose off and the sound will stop. So this is why Ella's just holding that mic up higher than you normally would do to get the end of these lines to be the same volume as the beginning of the line, because you can imagine that. Just love this analysis. If you start having the note just all out of the mouth and then you go to a um, the mic is still at the mouth but it's further away from the nose where now the sound's coming out so it's a really subtle thing and obviously Ella's just I mean she's not being really dramatic with where she's moving the mic up and down she's just holding it in that sweet spot between her mouth and her nose and probably just towards the end of the lines just bringing it subtly closer to her nose that's because Ella Fitzgerald is actually hearing what's coming out of the microphone more than another singer. She understands moving the mic makes a difference. Summertime And the living is easy got that really low an octave below where we started now with that c sharp three and it even sounds quite low when i do it and i'm a guy but it's amazing to hear ella's range and the depth that that quality that she had in the lower part of her range as well wow well listen to that again because it sounds like even on the easy she goes into the e and kind of closes it off into a hum again. Mm. It's subtle, but she's definitely still doing that. Fish are jumping. Holding a note. And the cotton is high. Remember, it's just her. You're not hearing a big band behind her. This is just Ella Fitzgerald. And look at her mouth, the way that she says high, which would be high. When you say hi <laughs> your mouth is quite open ha but it gives you an indication of how much ella's closing off this sound by how wide her mouth is by the time that she's finished hi she is still saying hi here in this picture hmm. so going ha she's still just transitioning into that hum and his point is going to be listen carefully that she, more than anyone else, using her voice as an instrument like a trumpet with airflow, manipulating the wind. But again, it's just that total control from that dynamic perspective of the way that she's using her instrument. And she really did use her voice as an instrument because... There are sections here where she just increases the volume, turns it down, and then just leans into her vocals, connects those vocal cords really harshly to the point where 
it does sound like that horn section, like a trumpet, but the way that she uses her voice, just hitting these really cool jazzy lines, it's really like extemporizing like you would on the guitar or any other instrument, but she's just got this ability with her vocal cords to put into practice exactly what she's thinking of, that split second, and her vocal cords just produce it faultlessly. Can you take to the sky? Mm. That is something to look out for throughout this whole performance. Just how open Ella's mouth is. Because by the end of every vocal phrase, pretty much, apart from where we are open dynamically, like we just had a second ago, just laying into it, look at just how closed her mouth is. So it just shows you how much she's controlling that sound all the time. It's an instrument. It's a trumpet. And finally... Baby, do... And the lines are so expressive as well. Very much sounding like an instrument with a... The way that she kind of leans into it and then lets go of it is so similar to having a horn section there and somebody using that air to produce a note. That's exactly what we've got going on here with Ella's voice and her vocal cords, just allowing that air to go through. Allowing the air to go through. Where do we see this in sport, in Mother Nature? The peregrine falcon, the fastest animal on earth, 200 miles an hour. To watch a bird that has evolved into one of the world's most skillful hunters, I've come to Italy and the city of Rome. There's a bird that flies over these roofs that finds its prey not on the ground, but in the air. And it owes its success to its speed. In fact, it's said to be the fastest moving animal on earth, the peregrine. Peregrines hunt other birds. Many different kinds of birds now live in cities, attracted by the food and shelter that is so easily found here. And a tall building like this is an ideal lookout for a hunter. Flying prey can move in any direction it chooses, so a hunter has to be both fast and agile if it's to get a meal. Well, just like the shape of that that sail to capture the wind for a sailor. Just like the shape and manipulation of those vocal cords through the mouth for words, through the nose for humming. The type of endotracheal tube and anesthesia for airflow. The falcon is so fast because of its manipulation of wind and air and the shape of its wing. A peregrine's wings have a very special shape. They're pointed and swept back. If wings have a blunt end, air will swirl over that end, forming trails of turbulence. These act like brakes slowing a bird down. But pointed wings shrink that edge and so reduce the turbulence. 
Pulling the wings back towards the body makes the bird even more streamlined. And speed is crucial to a peregrine's success. And the success of a sailor. How to shape the sail like the wing to capture the wind versus not. How Ella Fitzgerald manipulates wind to hum versus sing. We need an expert. And coming up next, we're going to hear from the great Tyler Young from the Ventura Sailing School, all about manipulating wind for power, working with something from Mother Nature that's invisible. It's fascinating. We'll get into it. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warrior Show here on 710 ESPN. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, it's Mace. You know, there is no better way to start your Saturday than with Dr. Clapper and the Weekend Warrior Show, 7 to 9 a.m. Saturday mornings. And don't miss Mason in Ireland back Monday at 1 on 710 ESPN. What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. At 42 years old, you know what your new nickname is for me? <laughs> start your weekend off right, listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. You're not Matthew from Santa Monica anymore. You're Mr. Preop. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN, 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. The great Ella Fitzgerald. Nobody better in the world of art and music at manipulating air and wind singing versus humming well right now i'm so excited to talk to a man who knows a lot about manipulating wind because he is a sailor the great tyler young from ventura tyler thanks so much for getting up early to be with us oh thank you so much for having me thank you for having me no problem let me ask you a question don't you think it's crazy to compare sailing to ella fitzgerald singing or a falcon flying through the sky but isn't it connected to what you guys have to do as a sailor? It definitely is. I mean, through a different perspective, I was listening for a bit, and uh, listening about the falcon's wings is very similar to what we teach our students about the shape of the sail and how it controls the wind, and we can harness that power. Well, Tyler, I want everyone to know a little bit about you. So tell us, where'd you grow up? What's your dad to do for a living? And how the hell did you end up in the sailing business? <laughs> Uh, so I'm very fortunate. I've been a lifer here in Ventura. Uh, I was born here and, uh, I did grow up with a father that was very well into water sports. He enjoyed power boating and sailing, scuba diving, water skiing. And so, uh, fortunately for me, I was put in the water at a very young age and took to it like a fish. Uh, and so, Grew up locally, going through local programs, had friends that were into water sports, and, and just have continued to grow my passion the whole time I've been here. Could you somehow put into words what is it that really attracts you to working with something that's invisible? You can't see it. You can't see the wind. You only can see the effect of the wind do you sometimes feel like you're having a conversation with something invisible when you pull on the sail to make it taut, it captures and you go faster? 
and then you can let it go. Does it actually start to become like another person to you in the boat? I, I relate it to a sixth sense almost. Mm-hmm. Uh, once once it clicks in your mind, it, it, it is like working with a person, like you said. It's, it, you feel it. And, and you have that intuition that you know what you're doing and, and you can sense what's going on around you. Uh, you look at the little signs on the boat and on the water um, and then just finally tune it. It's mm. a it's a really cool feeling. It's a little different than accelerator and gas pedal. <laughs> for sure. I want to thank Rebecca Ellis for making this happen, by the way. Teach us a little bit about the specialness of this jewel that we have in Southern California, which is the Leo Robbins Sailing School. Who's Leo Robbins, and how did this all start? So Leo Robbins was a gentleman that was from here in Ventura, and he wanted to increase awareness and knowledge in sailing. And so back in the late 60s, early 70s, Leo started working with folks at local yacht clubs and eventually partnered with a local fuel dock to start a sailing uh, rental program and lessons. Back in about 1972, Leo partnered with the City of Ventura Parks and Recreation Program, and he started uh, doing classes for the City of Ventura and our local residents. And in about 1980, uh, the City of Ventura, the Division of Boating and Waterways, and Leo started the Leo, back then it was the Ventura Community Sailing School. Mm-hmm. Uh, here in Marina Park in Ventura. Uh, We have that beautiful facility today, and after Leo's retirement, it was renamed the Leo Robbins Community Sailing Center in his honor for everything that he did for the citizens of Ventura and everybody else. Is he still alive? Unfortunately, Leo passed away a few years back. So take us through what it's like for your fond memories, or you must just be so stoked for when you it may be the same lesson plan but the audience is different what's it like when the light bulb goes what do you look for the enjoyment you get when you have someone who's never sailed before who now for the first time feels the movement of that boat because of the invisible power of wind when it clicks with a student you can really tell all of a sudden, their confidence increases a lot, um, and and the boat is moving in a more controlled manner, and their comfort increases a lot. Uh, it's really an awesome thing to see when it finally clicks with somebody. Mm. Um, it, it it can take a different amount of time for each person, but once it does, all of a sudden that that joy comes to their face, and the light bulb goes off, and all of a sudden they're sailing by the power of the wind and they know what they're doing. And that's, it's a really cool experience to see. What kind of boat do you guys use? So primarily we use Catalina Capris at this time. Mm-hmm. Um, Catalina being the brand, Capri being the model. And then we start folks out in our 14 foot boats because we like to start folks in smaller boats because the cause and effect is more measurable in a small boat. Uh, in a larger boat, things move slower and effects can be more dramatic in the long run. But in a small boat, a small movement you feel, and so it teaches you to hone your skills a little bit better. We also use 16 foot, 16 and a half foot capris as well. And so how does it all start? How would a person 
who's interested because they're listening to the show, how would they, is there a website? What is it? How do you get started learning how to sail in Ventura? So all of our classes are run through the city of Ventura Parks and Recreation. Um, for those of folks that live in within the city of Ventura, you may get our activity guide that we send out every fall, spring, and summer. That's going to list every class that we have, but you can also go online to the cityofventura.ca.gov slash register, mm -hmm. and you can check out all our classes there or through the Parks and Rec website. Um, Google has been kind to us, so if you do search Leo Robbins Community Sailing Center on Google, you'll find all of our information there as well. Um, the classes are run on a four-week schedule. And we schedule several during each session that we offer in the fall, spring, and summer. Mm. We can also do customized private lessons, which is a great way for people that either don't like the group setting or they have a specific skill that they want the instructor to focus on, mm. which is an awesome way. So can you take us through some of your joyous moments being on the water sailing? Was it meeting a whale? Was it meeting a porpoise? Was it... Take us through what your life has been like and sailing and the, the memorable moments that you had with Mother Nature. Honestly, I would have to say my fondest memory of sailing was when I was really young. Mm -hmm. um, when it first clicked for me, um, I was sailing what are called sabots. They're little eight-foot, one-person dinghies. They're the perfect size for a kid to learn in. And uh, just being a young child, when it clicked and I figured out cause and effect in the boat and how to make it go as fast as possible, which was my big desire, racing my friends around the course in the harbor, pushing the boat to its limits. That was probably my favorite time of sailing. Mm. As an adult, I enjoyed racing, cruising, and then now as an instructor, just passing on that knowledge and then helping maintain an amazing facility that's helping people find the joy of sailing. I think... It, it's amazing. It really is. I, I highly encourage anyone to try it. Have you been out on the water in the middle of the night? Uh, I have a couple times. Um, it's a little bit different of an experience. <laughs> uh, I highly... <laughs> it uh, it really is. Uh, you can't rely a lot on your visual, uh, um, right. visual signals or visual landmarks, stuff like that. So... It's a different experience. And how close have you come to a porpoise or a whale or something unexpected in the water? <laughs> I've been fortunate to see several in my lifetime, uh, some closer than others. I, I, I've been on racing sailboats when the fog is so thick you can't see in front of, uh, excuse me, wow. a few feet in front of the boat. And somehow we managed to find a pot of humpback whales within 10 feet of the boat. Oh so... Um, they're out there. The Santa Barbara Channel is one of the most rich areas in California to see wildlife, and we're fortunate enough to be placed right smack dab in the middle of it. So mm -hmm. sailing in Ventura, the odds of seeing, seeing wildlife are pretty high here. Wow. So. And is it open all year round, the sailing school, or just in the summer? So we're open year round. Um, we do close down. We don't program any scheduled classes during the month of December mm -hmm. um, because the weather is a little iffy during that time of year. It's a little colder. 
So we take advantage of that opportunity to do some maintenance on our boats, our fleet, and our facility. Mm-hmm. Um, but we still offer private lessons scheduled on the instructor and the student's time frame during that time. So, But most of the time, we are 11 months out of the year, year-round. I saw the tsunami took out one of the, the harbor patrol boats. Did you guys have any damage from the tsunami on your dock? We were very fortunate. Um, that we didn't have any damage. Um, everything was secured. My staff and I were monitoring it. Um, we did sustain damage when Japan had their major earthquake several years back. Mm. But we've been very fortunate over the next or the last few tidal surges that nothing's happened. Thanks to the facilities team at the city of Ventura for tightening things up down there and making sure everything's good. So, mm. and do you take all of your leaders to uh, Good Time Donuts uh, when they do something nice in a class? Are you... <laughs> uh, yeah, no, we do surprise the staff with donuts, especially the <laughs> summer camp staff down there. They love that when they see that pink box. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when I finish surfing, that's exactly where I head, to Good Time Donuts and get the pink box. You're exactly right. Oh, you hit the nail on the head with that place. <laughs> well, Tyler, I want to thank you so much. It's You could just tell you're the perfect person to teach somebody because you're, as they say in California, and I'm from New York, you're very chill, and that's a perfect person to be in a sailboat with. You don't want a hysterical Jewish guy from New York trying to teach you how to sail because you'll end up on Gilligan's <laughs> Island. But with you, I can already yeah, we... tell you'll be pretty, pretty chill. So thanks so much for well, making time to be with us. Get... I appreciate it, and I have to give full credit. Uh, I unfortunately don't get to teach as much, but I learned a lot from my staff that are down there, yeah. and they're amazing people and willing to help. So yeah. thank you so much for having me and uh, talking about the center. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Have a great day today. God bless you. All right, the great Tyler Young, the Ventura Sailing School. I see it every weekend. I ride my bike, and you just want to imagine what it's like, someone teaching you, okay, you're going to use this device but what powers it is invisible. You're just going to have to feel it. And just as he says, it's a sixth sense you start to develop, and it's an amazing feeling. All right, coming up next, I'm going to take you into the operating room. What is it that happens to your knee when it curves in, and how actually do I straighten it? It's a little bit of carpentry, and it involves a certain type of tool that I like to use, and I'll explain. The number is 877-710-ESPN. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warriors show here on 710 ESPN. Hey, Sedano, you know there's no better way to start your Saturday than when my guy, Dr. Clapper, and the Weekend Warrior Show, 7 to 9 a.m. Saturday mornings. What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. It's the most entertaining thing in the world. Start your weekend off right, listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. From schwitzing like a piece of tuna fish. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN, 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. The great Ella Fitzgerald manipulating wind, airflow through her vocal cords. I've thought all about this show this week because I knew I'd have the topic of sailing and manipulating wind. And I thought, well, in my end of the operating room table, I'm not really manipulating wind, but they sure are doing it the other end of the table in anesthesia. And Doug Brennan was telling me 
when they have to do general anesthesia, which is very rare for me nowadays, the shoulder surgery I did yesterday, they do a block. Your arm is asleep. You're sedated. But it's not like the old days. <clears throat> the anesthesia is different. And when I do hip and knee surgery, same thing. They don't have a tube down your throat. They can do a regional anesthetic. So they're dealing with airflow when they do have to do a general anesthetic in someone who can't have a spinal. Well, who, who can't have a spinal? Well, if you've had spinal fusions in the past or you're on blood thinner, there's a chance of bleeding in the spine, then they have to go back and do the old days of putting a tube down your throat. The tubes come in different lengths, different widths, depending on your vocal cord. I remember when I did Will Chamberlain's hip surgery, seven foot one. They don't have a tube that's that long. They had to find a tube that they use pretty much in veterinary medicine on horses for someone that big to intubate. But I didn't realize if the tube is thin because the vocal cords are tight, the long, thin tube has a lot of resistance in the tube. And if you have any kind of lung disease, it's inefficient to expand the lungs with that tube. So one of the tricks is to actually make the tube that's thin shorter, cut it in half. And that gives you more power when you do that. There's less resistance in the tube when you decrease its length. It's fascinating. That same topic for Ella Fitzgerald, for falconeering, and for sailing is in the world of anesthesia. The lines are lit up, so I'll hold off on the story. Uh, let's go to Ralph. Ralph, you're on with Dr. Clapper. How can I help? Hey, how are you? I'm good, Ralph. How young are you? What do you do for a living? I'm 58 years old, and I'm an attorney. Uh-oh. A good one, I hope. A nice one. <laughs> I, I sure hope so. <laughs> Where so did you grow up? What your father a do for a living? Torn bicep. Well, we'll I'm talk sorry, to what? that in a second. First, I want to know who you are. Okay. How young are you? You're 58. Okay. Where'd you grow up? Where'd you go to high school? What'd your father do for a living? Uh, I grew up in uh, middle middle California. Uh, my 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 father was a farm worker. Oh, really? And college? Where'd you go? Where'd you go yes. to law school? I went to uh, Cal State uh, for uh, for undergrad and USC for law school. Nice. And what kind of law do you do? I represent uh, employers. That's fabulous. All right. 58 years old. You've been doing it a long time. What's your sport? How do you stay in shape? What do you love to do? Well, I do three things. One, I I play golf. Not very well. Okay. Um, It is a four-letter word, golf. Remember that. It it is, right? So (laughs) golf, I lift some weights, and I run. You run. Okay. So you're what's known as pre-op to someone like me. Keep running. You're going to run right into my office (laughs) for knee or hip or spine (laughs) surgeries. Keep it up. There's no greater sport than running. But in a 58-year-old, right. as we say in New York, Ralph, forget about it. Take up bike riding. There's a book I wrote with Lindy Huey, two of them. Heal your hips, heal your knees. Fall in love with the pool, fall in love with the bike, elliptical. Try to get away from using the treadmill, the lunges, the squats, the stair machines, the weights, and running. But anyway, we're talking about upper extremity with you. So are you a righty or a lefty? I'm a righty. Okay, and is this your right arm or your left arm? 
My right arm. So it's your dominant arm. Tell me what happened. How long ago did it happen? Take me through the details. Sure. So uh, in the injury, how it happened is is it's funny, but not so funny. But you know, at, you know, at this age, weird weird accidents happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I I was getting ready for a golf tournament. I was putting on my shirt, and my arm got caught, and I forced my shirt down, and I felt a pop in my shoulder, uh-huh. and that's how I got injured. Okay. <laughs> I felt I felt pain in my bicep right away. So you had an MRI. I've had an MRI. It's a torn long-head bicep. Do you have it in front of you, or you just know that's the report? That's the report. Okay, and when did it occur? How long ago? Well, it happened in, uh, I think, the end of April. And okay. It's a complete tear, by the way. Okay, yeah. All right, so you are you calling? You want me to tell you what to do? What's your question? Well, here's the thing. So, uh, so obviously, I have the deformity, the Popeye. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, bump what they call it. Right. My question is, and, I, and I've been told several times because of my age, because of the injury, surgery, you know, it can be done, but it's not really an option. It's not really recommended. Conservative treatment is the way to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, I, if four months later, I still have pain. Okay. Uh, I lost the strength. So is it worth pushing for the uh, surgery or just do, continue doing rehab? So John Elway, remember him? He won two Super Bowls with a completely torn long head of the biceps. Brett Favre, the same thing. So you talk about strong and powerful throwing the football. What is it about the biceps? Is it like the appendix or your tonsils where we feel that, you know, God gave you one, but you really don't need it? No, it actually has a function. It does have a function. And so let me give you a – you listen to the show. You know what Clapper Vision is? Oh, yeah. Okay. All right, so let's break this down with some clapper vision. The bicep has the word by in it, like two, like a bicycle, two wheels, by. Sep in Latin means head. There's two heads to this muscle. So at your shoulder level, there are two heads, two origins of the muscle. But if you now look down at your elbow and flex your elbow, the bicep has only one insertion only one attachment site so now look at your forearm palms up that's called supination your palm is up now rotate your palm and point your palm down pronation to go from pronation palms down to palms up believe it or not and that movement is called supination is to rotate from palms down to palms up You need that movement to open a door. You need that movement to use a screwdriver. And you need that movement to use that mouse on your computer. It is the one of the most important uses of our arm is supination. Well, guess what? Because the biceps muscle attaches with palms up, not to the forearm bone called the radius, the top that you're looking at when your palms up, But actually, when palms down, you're rotating the radius bone in your forearm. What actually rotates your arm, the most powerful supinator of your forearm, wrist and hand, is your biceps. Because of that single insertion site on the backside of the the radius, so when it contracts, it pulls, it shortens, and it causes you to rotate your forearm. When you tear 
that single attachment of the biceps in your forearm at your elbow, even 58, dominant hand, with all you like to do, you're having an operation. But when you tear the other end of the biceps, where the shoulder is, now we get into, okay, teach me, Dr. Clapper, about the long head of the biceps. So again, by means two, sep is head. So here's a Clapper vision. Water skiing. Water skiing, and I'm not talking about fancy tricks. I'm just talking about a, a Jewish guy from New York getting on the water ski, the back of the boat. He's got two skis. There's a single rope coming from the back of the boat. But for the, for the water skier to hold the bar, to hold the handle, there's two ends to the handle, right? And there's two separate right. little ropes that now conjoin to become the single rope that attaches to the boat. Capiche? You got that? Got it. So if you tear the rope that attaches to the boat, as we say in New York, Ralph, forget about it. You now fell down in the water because <laughs> you have no connection to the motorboat. Capiche? You got to right. get a new rope. You got to figure out how to tie it back to the boat. Otherwise, you ain't water skiing. But, Ralph, what if you tore one of those two little boats that goes to the handlebar? Not both. Not the single one that attaches to the boat. But what if you tore just one of the, of the strings that goes to the handlebar? The other one is still intact. You could still water ski, right? Correct, yep. That's your biceps. That's Ralph's biceps story with a clapper vision. You don't have to, at 58, spend the effort, the risks of surgery, the risks of healing. And at 58, the quality of the tendon that you're repairing is, here's a Yiddish term, it's famished. It's not so terrific. It's like leaving a bungee cord out in the sun for 58 years. You are sewing it up. I get that. But there is a very high failure rate because you're sewing up something that is not of the greatest quality. Here's what I'd love you to do, Ralph. Are you driving right now or you're home? No, I'm driving. Well, don't get into an accident. You're a lawyer. You can protect yourself. <laughs> but pinch, pinch the back of your hand. You know, keep holding on to the steering wheel. But pinch the other hand. Pinch right. the, the skin on the back. Pinch it and now let go. Right. We can wait a half an hour for your skin to flatten, Ralph. But if you take that I that see. that 20-year-old son or grandchild you got, you pinch the back of their skin and their hand, snap. Instantaneously, it snaps back into position because they're 20, not 58. The quality of their right. biceps tendon is a delight for me as a surgeon to grab onto and stick back into the bone it's called a tenodesis. So all these years, 33 years, seeing 100 patients a week doing 16,000 surgeries, 10 more this week. And my last surgery was a, re a shoulder replacement. And I had to deal with this man's worn out biceps tendon. It's not of great quality. But in all the years and seeing 100 patients a week, I see a lot of people like you, Ralph, who say, Dr. Clapper, I've been told by two other surgeons that I got to have this fixed. And I'll look at them and say, same coaching that you got, Ralph. No, 
Leave it alone. You have the other head, the other sep, attaches to the coracoid. It's the short head of the biceps, and that's never going to rupture. You basically have a cosmetic thing of the Popeye sign. Looks like there's a ball in, in there. You will have full motion and full strength. Just hang in there. But I did have one patient. He was a, he is, he's a hairdresser from West Hollywood. Uh, you can, you know, put, do the math. He's a hairdresser in West Hollywood. Right. I, I won't have to say anything more. And he's a fabulous guy, and I love this guy. But he's looking in the mirror all day long, doing people's hair, and he's got a tank top on, and the whole. He is very interested in looking in the mirror, and his clients looking. I give him credit, Doctor Clapper. No, I don't like looking in the mirror. I'm a hairdresser all day long and seeing the Popeye sign. It bothers me. Right. Guess what? I said, Frank. If you want, I'll fix it. Please, Dr. Clapper, I hear what you're saying loud and clear. I'm going to have full motion, full strength, and I still will be able to cut hair in West Hollywood. But I get that. I don't like the way it looks. So I said, Frank, I'll schedule you. And I did his surgery. He has a small one-inch incision where I reattach the biceps to his bone, but he was up for that. I did a plastic surgical closure. It's a thin line. You can barely see it. But you know what? That's the art of medicine. Frank, the hairstylist from West Hollywood, hates the Popeye sign. Ralph, the attorney who's wearing an Oxford shirt with a tie in court, who the hell cares? So gig is into, hey, go play golf. You should be like Brett Favre and John Elway. I am officially telling you to leave it the hell alone. Ah, okay. All right. Does that help? Just keep doing the rehab. I'll get my... Keep doing the rehab. I'll get the strength back. Over you don't time. even need to rehab, Ralph. You could fire everybody. Just enjoy your life. You'll get stronger. You'll have full strength. You want to lift weights? Fine. You don't, don't waste your time with physical therapy for this. It'll get better on its own. Go play golf. It'll be achy because you just hurt yourself, but you're only four months into it. You take 12 months to right. heal. If, God forbid, it's a year out, that's a different story. Then, But... But get ready. You should end up like all the rest of us. I would say no because I think you have a risk for it failing even if you do fix it. My vote would be to leave it alone. I'm sure you'll be able to find an orthopedic surgeon who'll say, come on, let's go do it. Because remember one thing, Ralph. We don't get paid to talk to people. We only get paid to operate on them. So uh, that's why I write books with Lindy Yui about how not to have hip surgery and not to have. Trust me, I'm a busy surgeon. When you can't walk. You come to me. You know what I mean? But until then, you better do everything you can and not have cortisone shots, stem cells, PRP, Synvis. Be holistic as best as you can. Now, Ralph, you are a total stranger to me. I have never met you. I need you today. Go find a total stranger. Do something nice for them. That's how you be thanking me. Okay? I, I will. One last comment. You mentioned about the running, how it's going to affect your knees. Yep. Uh, five months ago, I had a meniscus tear and had surgery. So you're right on about that. Well, I would have told you not to have the meniscus operated on, but that'll be another phone call. I'll tell you about all of that. Get the book, <laughs> Heal Your Knees. And thanks so much for thanks calling, for Ralph. And take care of someone good for us. Appreciate it. All right, Warriors, we'll take a break. Coming up next, I want to take you into the operating room. Wilbert, will you let me take people into the operating room? But they keep calling. Unbelievable. And I also have to tell you, What's up for next week? And 
where is the best cannoli that I've ever had in Southern California? And I'm a cannoliologist. I'll tell you. Coming up next, right here on the Weekend Warrior Show on 710 ESPN. What's going on? It's Max. You know there's no better way to start your Saturday morning than with my friend Dr. Clapper and the Weekend Warrior Show. What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. It's time for Clapper Killies. Start your weekend off right, listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. Where has this been my whole life? Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN, 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. Shout out to the great Coach Dave Miller. I know a lot about the hip, but not about the hop. He knows a lot about the hop. 12 years ago, started the Weekend Warriors show together. Wow, a lot of time has gone by. A lot of guests, a lot of shows. Well, in surgery yesterday, I took a woman's knee that was so crooked, bent, bow-legged, almost a year ago, eight months ago, and straightened it out. She's so happy. She kept coming to my office. When can you do my other knee, Dr. Clapper? And Tony Dan's, I did both at the same time. But I'd like to talk people out of doing both at the same time. But it is kind of difficult when one is so crooked and now I made it straight. But it is just so enjoyable for me. And it's better for the patient to do, by the way, one at a time, stage them. But to bring her back and fix the other one. Now she is. She's taller. She's got two straight legs. And all I could think about was my dad, the carpenter, and his miter box. Because when you make molding in that ceiling, two 45-degree angle cuts make a, the corner is 90 degrees with two pieces of wood come together. And all these years later, I still have my dad's miter box as a memento. I have his Milwaukee Sawzall, some of his tools, <clears throat> but I, I have that miter box. And when I use the saw to remove the destroyed cartilage of that bow-legged knee, or if it's a knock need, you know, the deformity, the pretzel-like knees I have to operate on, I know how, with the tools that I use, similar to that miter box, to cut the cartilage at an angle, and immediately I can correct and straighten the leg. It's really my connection to carpentry as a surgeon, and it's awesome. Next week, I'll go into more detail into the operating room because I don't want to run out of time. I work at Cedars for 33 years. It's been my career, and I'm going to continue to be there as long as God lets me have the strength to do it. It's such a treat for me to bring on artists as guests, athletes as guests, teachers as guests, like we did today with the sailing school. But when I can bring on a doctor, a surgeon from Cedars, it's really next level for me. And next week, our guest is the pioneer in the world and the best in the business, kids who are born without an ear. And I don't mean the inner workings of their ear. I'm talking cosmetically. They don't have an ear. To rebuild and create from scratch using your own body part, cartilage from the rib or wherever he gets it from, from that patient, as a sculptor, as an artist, to create what looks like a normal ear is John Reinish. He 
is someone, if he was in front of me, I'd be bowing down to. Well, he's going to be our guest next Saturday. And it made me think all week about that artistry. You know, our ears are shaped that way for a reason, to capture the sound. They face forward our ears, our external ears. They face forward to capture the sound. Well, there is a Greek, ancient Greek amphitheater that has the greatest and best acoustics that the world has ever seen. You can drop a pin and hear it as one of the 30,000 people in the crowd where the benches are just made of stone. You can hear all about copying how our ear works, and the Greeks figured it out. We're going to talk about that next week. And where in sports do we see people who, from scratch, can build things like Rhinish builds an ear? Coach Bill Parcells. It sounds crazy, because it is. But the sound bites I've already started to listen to speak to me in a way of building something from nothing. How did Bill Parcells do it with New England, with the Jets, over and over again in his career? It's because his basketball coach in high school was a disciple of Vince Lombardi. That's the connection. Bill Parcells had Mickey Reardon. I forgot the guy's last name, but I'll figure it out by next week. But to showcase a surgeon from Cedars that's so world-class really brings me joy. All right, what about food? We talked all about the power manipulating the wind in the Italian bakery making a cannoli, and I'm a cannoliologist. You pack it with that sweet cream cheese. Dusted with powdered sugar and chocolate chips and pistachio. Dr. Clapper, where is the best cannoli in Southern California? Well, I had one recently. Oh, my God. It's in, it's in Agora. And it's called Carrara. Just like the marble I like to sculpt in. Just like the marble that Michelangelo used for all of his sculptures that I use for my sculptures, comes from Carrara, Italy. Massa Carrara. That pure white stone. That's what it's called, Carrara. Until next week, I'll leave you with Volare, which is in Italian, I'm singing and I'm flying, which we do each and every Saturday. Until next Saturday, I'll see you on the radio.